Welcome to In Our Experience, a podcast exploring the many ways of living well with Nourish Yoga Training. I'm your host, Harriet, yoga teacher and founder of Nourish, and I can't believe we are at the end of another season. Season two is ending on a high with the lovely Sarah Layla Puello joining me. Sarah is from the Dominican Republic and has been living in the UK since 2003. She's a recovering academic who has always worn many hats. These days, she most likes to describe herself as a movement lover, a creative writer, and a grace seeker. She works as a project manager, yoga teacher, a teacher trainer for Nourish, and has recently co-started a new venture called Our Sparkle Club, a virtual space that blends together yoga, meditation, and creative practices like journaling and doodling to help people find and keep their sparkle. It was such a joy to talk to Sarah. I absolutely loved it. We talked about loving how yoga teachers communicate, uh, finding grace and exploring creative practice. Thank you so much for joining me for season two. I have loved every minute of sharing these conversations with you. Here is my chat with Sarah and season three will be back in May 2022. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to In Our Experience. Hi, Harriet. How are you? I'm really well. I'm so glad to see you. Thank you for joining me. I am so happy to be here today. Oh, so we're going to get started, as I do in every episode, by asking you what's nourishing you. And this can be, I always say, big, small, serious, very silly. Um, and I'll help by sharing mine first and I'm going to cheat and I'm going to have two this week but it's my podcast so I'm going to have two so the first one is a silly one which is baths I've really I mean anybody that follows me on Instagram will know that I love a bath um and I have this silly thing called Saturday Bath Club which very rarely happens on a Saturday but I have really been appreciating my baths I think because also it's winter it's cold so baths is, is the first thing that's nourishing me. And the second thing, I saved it for you because I knew you would appreciate it, which is that last week I got my invitation to be a British citizen. Woohoo! Celebration! I know. So, you know, I still have to do my ceremony and pledge my allegiance to the Queen. Um, but uh, as a fellow immigrant, fellow non British person, yet. I thought you would appreciate that end of a long journey and an expensive journey, but it is insight. Um, so what about you? What's nourishing you? Oh, I feel like first I want to respond to your nourishing Please. things. Can I do that? Yes, you can. Oh my goodness. Because if you had asked me last week, probably I would have had the same nourishing thing because really? I submitted my paperwork for my British British citizenship a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I was absolutely basking in the joy of that. It felt like such a huge milestone. I put it off throughout the whole of the pandemic and then finally I did it. And it just felt like a huge release. So congratulations to you Thank for you. Uh, getting yours. And congratulations on the paperwork. I feel like for people that don't have to interact with the home office in this way, they just do not understand how much work it is and also how invasive it feels as well. So you also well done. So my nourishing thing this week, I so I have really been enjoying these newfound pockets of time where I've been able to explore my creativity mm. and also to respond in awareness to whatever it is that I want to do in that moment. So for example, 
one of the things I've been doing this week is I bought this little notebook Mm -hmm. that basically gives you, it's a tiny notebook. It's less than an A4 page size. And each day you get a prompt for something to write about. So you write about really big things in life, but in a very short space of time. So the one from today, for example, was write about a time when you broke a law, a promise, a bone, and a heart. Oh, wow. So you have to write about each of those things. Yes, but in the square, in the space of like maybe two centimeters by two centimeters. Like really, really short amount of space. Okay. And I've really been enjoying those nuggets of time to think about like memories or experiences that I've had uh, just to jolt kind of my creativity a little bit. That's been really nice this week for me. Juicy. I, I like it sometimes when you get those, those questions and it invites you to see or think about something in the past in a, in a different way. How interesting. Um, wonderful. Very nourishing. Nourishing your creativity. Yes. Great. Well, tell, tell me a little bit about your, your background and how it is that you would describe what you do, please. <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> you know, I, I, this question makes me very self-conscious. Okay, that's fine. And nervous. Okay. Because I think that I consider myself to be somewhat of a storyteller. Okay. And I feel that the moment I start telling my story, then I'm already committing to telling a story of me. When in fact, I feel like we're we're not just this like one thread narrative, right? Mm. Like we are much more complex than, than that. We are all the pieces of things that have happened in our life. And on in one given day, on any one given day, we might tell the story in one way and then tell the story in another way. Mm-hmm. So... Well, how are you telling the story today? Good segue. Yeah. <laughs> so I think today I'm seeing myself as a movement lover. Mm-hmm who basically came to embrace movement from a strong academic background Mm -hmm. that was laced with angst (laughs) as I was growing up. Um, So to backtrack a little bit, I... I'm from the Dominican Republic, so this small island in the Caribbean, and both both my parents are doctors, and in some ways they encourage myself and my brother not only to aspire to have, you know, a fruitful, productive life, and the path to that was education, mm. uh, but also I think they instilled in us this sense of service and doing something for others in in one way or another and their chosen way was through medicine you know by by being physicians and so I came up in this kind of lineage I suppose where education was very important and so I you know I, I I went through school I went to a really good French school so I've spoken French since I was very young my mom was always very adamant that me and my brother spoke Uh, multiple languages because that was the way that we would get by in the world right Um, and so I came to the UK to study initially 
creative writing because I had dreams of becoming a published author. And that kind of continued into a uh, more theoretical side of literature, uh, writing. I ended up doing a PhD, what they call a DPhil here in, in Oxford, uh, where I live or where we live. <laughs> so I did my DPhil in uh, French and Latin American urban spaces. Ooh. And I think my interest in that was combined with this question that I always had within myself that was linked to who we are in the spaces that we inhabit and how we relate to the places where, mm -hmm. where we live. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was a city person. I, I studied cities. I studied Paris and Buenos Aires. And I absolutely loved my topic. And I love the, the, the path that I took. But what I found was that the academic side of things had a really big toll on my health and mm. my well-being. And so through in that process, I found yoga as a way to support uh, my well-being as I was finishing my DPhil. And then I started to become really fascinated about how the self occupies space. Mm. And so yoga was a really good place to explore that. Fast forward, you know, a few years, I decided to, uh, you know, get my yoga certification. I became a yoga teacher. And, and what I found through the practice of yoga was that I could bring in all these dimensions of self. So mm. this is how my background kind of ties together, right? Mm. I found this way of bringing all these pieces of me to one space where I could feel most myself. I suppose. So in yoga, I found the ability to move, which is something that I always did because my parents were also very sporty and encouraged that we did sports. That was part of our education. I found my, the ability to be academic <laughs> mm. uh, through, through teaching and learning about yoga. And there's this other dimension that for me was also sort of in the background, but perhaps less explored, which was to do with my, my spirituality in some ways. Mm -hmm. I consider myself to be a seeker in some ways of, of truth, truths about self, about, you know, how we, how we inhabit the world. And so all of that together, I feel like the space of yoga has given me a, a, a lovely home in, in some ways. And so that's why I'm a movement lover, because I think movement allows me to to explore all of those things. And, and I like to see myself as a creative as well. Mm. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I think one of the, one of the themes that comes up over and over again, you know, and I, I talk to a lot of people, not only for the podcast, but also, you know, more broadly is how yoga And, you know, not, not necessarily always yoga, but some form of practice, right? Whether it's yoga, whether it's meditation, whether it's tea, whether it's writing, is, is how practice becomes a container or becomes a way of weaving together, like collecting these parts of ourselves. And in a way, in a way, it ends up becoming a little bit of a mirror, like the practice reflects back what we put out in a sense. 
Um, but it also then becomes, there's a lot of mixed metaphors here and I really apologize <laughs> for it, but then practice also becomes, you know, like a, a process or a vehicle for transformation evolution within ourselves as well. Um, so it becomes like a home, but also a, a space where, where growth occurs. Absolutely. And I think that when I first started to explore the world of yoga, I, I defined it as a journey. I think the very first <laughs> yoga sequence I built was around the theme of journeys because I really felt that I was on this, this really important you know, self-discovery type journey. Mm. As the years have gone on, I feel like I see it more and more as a practice. Mm. So yes, we are all in a journey through life, right? Time is passing by and we, we are living through. Uh, and what we do every day or what we choose to do every day is a practice. Mm -hmm. And I think that through that practice, there is the potential for, as you say, growth, discovery, uh, self-discovery, connection mm. and and what I find that a really rich place that I like to explore is the space of tapping into something really profound within us that is that is almost like a, an inner knowing or an mm. inner wisdom and I feel like my practice whether it be a movement practice or a writing practice or a teaching practice is very much linked to tapping into that essence of of who I am but also because we are mirrors of each other mm. uh, you know of who you are who we are um, mm. together really that's lovely I love talking to yoga teachers <laughs> we just I think you know there is there is a lot of nonsense yoga speak don't get me wrong and like it's a lot there's a lot of bullshit out there but when I think one of one of the things I love about the, the people that I know or the yoga teachers that I know and you know people that I have on the podcast is that there's this real commitment to communication, which I just I like I am totally obsessed with spending time with people that are good communicators because you can say to them, you can ask them a question that is completely, I don't know, wild and they'll they'll like pause and I can see it happen. There's this process of like pause and like a checking in and like what's happening in my body how do I what is this question and then you get this really wonderful response I absolutely love your response for two reasons let me see if I can thread this together One, she's doing because it right now she's doing I am, one right? yeah. I am checking myself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I I recognize in myself this tendency to live in the abstract. Mm. In some ways, my, my, my thoughts run away into metaphors. And, 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 so, and so my part of my commitment as a yoga teacher and in becoming a good communicator as, as a teacher and a communicator overall is to strip away some of the abstract mm -hmm. language that I am very drawn to. I was educated in the French system, <laughs> which, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a great education with lots of philosophers and authors. 
French is a very flowery language. And so mm. I grew up speaking and thinking in this way, uh, you know, like French philosophers and lyrical. things like that. Lyrical. That's a good way to put it. And so I suppose that the work that I like to do now within myself in part is to strip all of that down and to... And to not have a lot of woo-woo language. But it is, it is, it is something I need to work on. Mm. And communication is so important to me. You know, from, from you and I having this conversation, mm. which I'm really enjoying, to like, you know, what I say in a post on Instagram, how I communicate my cues to my teachers. I am obsessed with mm. communication. <laughs> so in some ways, it was perfect that you responded in, in that way because you read me very well, essentially, is what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but also like that reading of people or being present with people, because like what it is, is just like listening, right? But that's also part of our job, part of our job as yoga teachers. I think on on the on the topic of communication, it's... It's always very interesting to me the, I was going to say like the layers or the attitudes that we bring to how we communicate. I recently spent some time with somebody and they, it was a little bit like, you know, the type of person that enjoys saying something to be slightly provocative yes. <laughs> <laughs> and slightly a slight contrarian sort of vibe. And like, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, except that it's deeply annoying. Um, but my main issue with it is that it's not a kind form of communication. Mm. Like, uh, and one of the things that I'm really committed to in my language is like checking myself before I speak to, I, I, one of the questions I ask myself is, am I am I communicating in a way that's inclusive? Am I communicating in a way that's accessible? Like, is there a lot of abstract stuff in there? But also is, is what I'm saying, uh, even if it's not necessarily a kind thing to say, because I, I also don't subscribe to the idea that, you know, we should only say kind things because that's not the way the world works. But even if it is a difficult thing for me to say, is it coming from a place of kind-heartedness like mm. in myself or for the person that I'm communicating with? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you just can't spend enough time thinking about yeah. communication. Like and, and, that, and I think that that's probably why I'm, I'm going on a bit of a leap here, but I, I feel like that's probably why you enjoy talking to yoga teachers because we have been trained and we... We, we, we like to check our bodies or, you know, we mm. like to kind of take a moment, pause to reflect on what it is that we are going to say so that, so that our words come from a place that is kind, mm. that, that is aware and, and is, is reflective of the person who's in front and who mm. appreciates the person who's in front of us, I mm. think. Um, so yes, I absolutely am on board with what you're saying. And I, I, I like to bring in, so I'm going to bring in something from my side. I, I don't know if we want to treat this like as a question that we can like talk about, but I am really, really interested, for example, in the word grace. Okay. And the reason why this relates to communication is that if I 
am ever to pause mm. and think about how I, how I am going to respond to something, the word that comes to my mind is the word grace. Mm. Am I treating myself and the person opposite me mm. with grace? Mm. Or, and am I being in grace by mm. having this exchange? And so I find that whenever I that happens, it doesn't happen always because obviously I'm human and I react to things like, what? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> However, when I do, I always find like the outcome of that is like a sigh of relief. It's mm. like, oh, because, mm. because when that happens, I feel like appropriate boundaries can be put in place. I find that authentic communication and, and, and truthfulness, there's, a, there's an opportunity for truthfulness to come out. And there's a moment of recognition of mm. the person who's in front. So, yeah, what do you think of the word grace? Interesting. <laughs> so I think initially my response to it is slightly problematic because I, I just went to too many church schools. Ah, yes. And... It's not that I, like, I just have a complicated relationship with Christianity and grace is a big, is a big word mm. in, in that practice and in that faith. Um, I think when, when you say grace, I think about things like dignity, mm -hmm. like dignity is a nice word there as well. But also I think for me, one of the things that I'm very interested in, and I think it's the same thing, we're just calling it different things, but um, one of the qualities that I'm really interested in is like spaciousness around things. So one of the big thing, like one of the primary focuses of my practice, personal practice and teaching practice as well, I guess, is how do I create more space for myself and for others. Mm. So when we allow space around things, they become less personal. And paradoxically, there is a intimacy that arises through spaciousness. So when you allow space around something, you are able to get closer to it. 100%. Like when it doesn't feel like it's right up, you know, like sometimes you'll be going through your life, you know, you know, trottling along and suddenly there will be an idea or a feeling or a memory or a problem or whatever. And it feels like it's right up against your face, like pressing in against your eyeballs and your head's going to explode. You can't get closer to it because you don't have space around it. Like there's no perspective on it because mm -hmm. it's like, it's trapping you. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I'm interested in is creating you know, creating an experience of spaciousness within ourselves as we relate to our ideas, our thoughts, but also as we relate to other people and things going on in the world. And that isn't about creating distance, mm. but about creating opportunity for intimacy. Mm. Um, and through that, that closeness, um, you you are able then like that's where you have the opportunity for insight and growth and uh, I guess healing as well but yeah I love that I it does sound like we are feeling or or expressing different things but maybe with 
different words because I, I do I do recognize that in the way that I embrace the word grace. And, yeah. it, and, and it's actually, I have to recognize, it's not lost on me that probably the, I inherit the word grace from my upbringing in a Christian mm. society, right? Yeah. Dominican Republic yeah. is mainly a Christian Catholic yeah. um, society. And even though I didn't grow up in a religious household, yeah. I feel like, that was all around Spy, me, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I really don't feel like the way that I embrace grace and I see grace has anything to do with yeah. I totally, religion for yeah, me anymore. Yeah. And maybe it did at some point. Yeah, I totally Definitely not anymore. I totally get what you mean by like feeling a space of grace, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I think when when I'm talking about spaciousness, mm -hmm. it's like through that that I have the opportunity yeah. to it's like the precursor for me to that feeling of grace and connection. And yeah, um, one of uh, one of my favorite things that Michael Stone ever said is the closer you get to something, the less personal it is. Yeah. And I love that so much. And I think that's part of what Grace recognizes as well, potentially, is that there's a shared interconnected experience that, you know, we, uh, well, that often goes unignored, uh, often goes ignored, ignored often goes yeah. unacknowledged. But that, but that possibly deep down we want to inhabit. 100%. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're all just we're all just craving we're all just craving connection, aren't we? Yeah. Um so I'm curious I'm curious about how that feeds through into your yoga practice, but perhaps more curiously into your creative practice. Mm. Like I can understand how one might cultivate grace through yoga, and I'm sure lots of people do. Lots of our listeners will have a sense of that. But what about through creative practice? That's a really good question. I don't know that I have asked myself that same question before. I think that in terms of my creative practice, grace possibly shows up in the form of kindness mm. because most of the time I... I'm not necessarily kind to myself. Mm. Big moment. So... Partly because I, I think I've, I've, for a lot of my life, I've been on this like spinning wheel to, to you know, to, to get through education, to do well in, in education, to, to, to have a productive life, to, you know, be healthy, eat well, rest appropriately, all of these things. And in that rat race of, of, of wanting to do everything well, let's mm. say, type A personality, I have lost the ability to to pause and find those moments of kindness mm. for myself. And so the work that I've been doing, and, it, and it's one of the spaces that, that the pandemic has opened for me, mm. is working on bringing back that kindness through the creative practice. Okay. And... What that looks like is, you know, when I sit down to, so I, I do mostly a lot of journaling mm -hmm. and I write a little bit of nonfiction mm -hmm. and the, the grace part in that is the 
sitting down practice, the taking the space, the making a cup of tea mm. before coming mm. to the space, to take a few deep breaths and to arrive mm. at the space. That moment in some ways is actually more precious and more symbolic of grace than, than the than the actual experience of sitting down to write or, mm. you know, to, to create anything. Mm. I think the, like the, the rituals that we create around these sorts of experiences are so interesting as well. And it's like you say, that sort of setting up and establishing a foundation through which creativity grace can arise mm. is uh, yeah, I agree with you. Almost as important as the time you spend in the practice as yeah. well. And it goes all the way around back to, you know, the word that we we kind of came to at the beginning of the conversation, which is practice. It's a practice. Mm. And what I've realized around the, these words like rituals and routines is that what doesn't help me personally uh, and and I and I and I wonder whether it's the same for a lot of people, you know, out there who, who are thinking that they need to have like new routines and oh, yeah. implement new better habits, et cetera, et cetera. Is that it? Really doesn't matter the order in which you do what you do, or the things that you actually do do when you come to have those rituals or those routines. Mm. It's rather choosing the the you know the one or two things or the one or two categories that make you feel like your life is whole on any given day and just do a little bit of that and I don't often find the words rituals and routines that, that helpful because no, I think I they agree. put me back in that place of yeah. I need to achieve well, this now there's something moralizing around those words isn't it like where you should be doing it or, you know, it becomes something that is about being a good person or a bad person. And that's not always particularly helpful at all. Exactly. But I love what I love what you said about, you know, picking one or two things that allow you to feel whole on any given day. Like that's that's a beautiful way to think about it. Because that also is adaptive. It's flexible. It's responsive to what's going on in your life. But it also speaks to the importance of having a variety of things that you think of as practice. So not just yoga or not just meditation, but, you know, whether it's walking or making tea or journaling or sleeping or reading, like having many things that serve you in that way. Yeah. And that's and that's enough. You know, it's also just, yeah, it's plenty. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> you can spend a lifetime, literally. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but we're basically at the end of our time. No way. I know. That's gone so I've, quickly. I've almost definitely decided that in season three we're going to do we're going to do longer episodes. So you know we can have a part two at some point in the future. I'm sure. I would be delighted. But before <laughs> we before we end, uh, where can where can our listeners find you and see what you're up to at the moment? Right. So uh, a couple of places on social media. I have my own Instagram slash Facebook page at Sarah Leila Yoga. And I also have a website, which is www.saraleila.com. And I also like to point everyone to this new lovely venture that I've started with my delightful, creative, talented friend, um, Amy Malloy. It's called Our Sparkle Club. 
And it's a virtual yoga meditation and creative practices club that helps people to find and keep their sparkle. Oh, I love that. Well, we'll make sure to link to everything in the show notes. But for now, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me. It's been such a joy. Thank you, Harriet. I've had such a fun time with you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to In Our Experience. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. We love hearing what you think and it makes a really big difference. In the meantime, until the next episode comes out, why not check us out on our Instagram account at Nourish Yoga Training or pop us an email via our website. See you soon.